Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 187. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How has your weekend been? If you're listening to this on a Monday, I was just trying to say something different from how are you doing or how have you been? You know, I hate doing the beginning bit. 
So this week, I want to jump straight into the interview that I did because it's a really good one. Now, I don't think I've no, I have. I was about to say, I don't think I've ever just talked generally about social media, but I have actually many, many, many episodes ago. But this episode is with the lovely Andrea Jones, who is the, in fact, I'm going to read a bio, two seconds. I'm just scrolling, scrolling. There we go. Okay. So she helps businesses and podcasters build profitable online communities through simple social media solutions. She's also the host of Savvy Social Podcast and was nominated for Best Business Series in the 2020 Canadian Podcast Awards. So she has two parts to her business. She has an agency that does a dumb view approach on the social media side. And she also has a school that focuses on how to do social media. She has been named one of Social Report's top marketers to follow. And she's found speaking at events like Podcast Movement, PodFest. So, so that's the official bio. So Andrea came to me, I can't remember directly or through a podcast booking agency as a guest on the podcast and said she wanted to talk about social media. And I thought, you know what, we've not had a general conversation about social media in ages. And I think it's really important to review and talk about it. Now, I didn't realize how important it was until we started talking, because one thing that occurred to me while we were chatting is, is the fact that my advice has actually changed over the years. Like, And what was really lovely was Andrea then invited me onto her podcast and we got to talk about this a bit more. So we talk about it in this episode that basically years ago, you know, maybe only two, three years ago, if you'd said to me, is it okay to put the same post on every single platform? I'd have gone, no, it's not okay. People deem that as lazy and you should be posting separate things on all the different platforms. And also you would have been on all the platforms. And now my advice is completely different. My advice today is you pick one, you go all in two at a push. Quantity, not quantity, quality is better than quantity. So if you're only posting three times a day, then absolutely uh, three times a day. God, I bet you just had a heart attack when you heard me say that three times a week. (laughs) You were like, what? Um, Three times a week, then that's absolutely fine. And also, is it okay to share the same post on other platforms? Yeah. Like if you look at my social media now and the way I do it, and I do it very differently today, as to literally how I did probably, you know, a few months ago, because I've changed up how I do it. But if you look at it, you will see the same posts on, on all different platforms. And the reason for that is because in reality, trying to manage all those platforms is incredibly difficult. And people will look at that and think, oh, well, I've got to be everywhere. I've got to do everything. And you don't have to. And in fact, if I didn't do social media and teach social media in the academy, neither would I be on all of them, but I do have to. So therefore I very much say to everybody who interviews me, or if I speak that I am on all the platforms, but my favorite is Instagram. That's where you'll find me the most. So I am admitting to everybody, listen, I've got to be on all of them. You will see me post on all of them, but my most organic is, is Instagram. And the other reason I talk about that is because of the fact of, or the the reason I do my social media the way I do and why I'm happy to share to the other platforms is because I know my focus isn't there. So I want to be present for anybody looking in that direction. You know, so if you go to Facebook, I want you to see that I've posted, but it doesn't matter to me that it's the same thing as going on all the other platforms. I'm perfectly comfortable with that now, which I wouldn't have been a year or two ago. So anyway, we had this great conversation about social media in general, how we deal with it, what we do, where we should put our focus and all the different platforms. 
a really nice rounded quick, when I say quick, I mean average podcast episode, but as in a, a nice update of of where we are today in terms of social media media and what you should be doing in your businesses. So I hope you enjoy it. I had good fun, really good fun. She's a lovely, lovely guest. Again, I was really honored that she invited me back onto her podcast and we had a good chat about it again over there. So I really hope you enjoy today's interview. I'm going to let you jump straight in. Okay. It gives me really great pleasure today to welcome to the podcast, Andrea Jones. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, I'm really excited about today's conversation because we are talking all things social media. And not only is that a big subject, but it's a really important one. And there are lots of things to kind of cover and go down. So I'm really excited for us to chat about that today. But how did you get into doing social media? What's what's your kind of journey? What's your story? So I naturally like social media and especially because I'm an introvert, I found myself attracted to it because it was a way that I could socialize in a structured way. Mm -hmm. So I could choose to be on, choose when to participate. Um, and, and in my early days of exploring this, it was finding little communities online to talk about Harry Potter. That was my thing. This was 2006, 2007. So fairly early uh, when everyone else was like, you're weird for spending that much time on the internet. Talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Talking about Harry Potter of all things. Um, and so for me, I found myself naturally drawn to it because of that. I also started YouTubing and creating videos and it was my way of expressing myself through blogging and YouTubing. And I found my husband on social media as well on YouTube. Amazing. On so, YouTube. That wouldn't strike me as the main place to find partners on YouTube. How on earth did no. that come about? <laughs> it's kind of funny because we were collaborating on a video very similar to what we're doing right now yeah. in the sense that we were creating content together for YouTube and we just started talking after that and kept talking. He lived in Canada. I lived in the U S and so we started long distance dating fast forward. We fall in love. We move in together. I moved to Canada and with that move is how I actually started the business. So I was looking around for ways to essentially make money without having to get a job because I was in between getting Canadian yeah. work visas and that sort of thing. Um, so that's how I actually found that because I have a natural passion for social media, mm -hmm. it was a lot easier for me to, you know, write a Facebook post, for instance, versus uh, my clients who are really struggling to promote their products and services online. So a bit mm -hmm. more of an organic start to the business. But as soon as I landed on social media, um, things kind of blossomed from there because a lot of people don't want to do it. No, they don't. <laughs> really don't want to do it. No. Okay. So you, one thing you said that I wanted to pick up on was the fact of you found it very natural. You were, you liked it. You were good at it. And that's something that I'm really keen on mentioning to people when they talk about what platforms they should be on. Like for me, that's part of your, your like decision-making process. Do you actually like the platform? Is it something you're used to doing? Because like you said, I mean, I, I think 
given the choice, there are lots of people in business who would go, it'd be great if we just didn't do social media. That would be ace. But we do have to do it. So at least do a platform that you really enjoy doing and therefore it won't feel as hard because otherwise, like if I mentioned Twitter to people, they're just like, what? Like, can't do it, hate it. And it's like, well, absolutely avoid that like the plague then because that is not for you. So I love the fact that you you said that. So then moving into doing it for clients. So how did you find that transition? It was a bit tough at first. And in the first two or three years of my business, I completely neglected my own blog and YouTube and basically all of my marketing to put my attention into doing it for clients. Mm -hmm. And this was 2014. So still newer to the game. Instagram was just becoming a thing. Um, Facebook was pretty much the main platform for a lot of uh, businesses. And so I was looking for those businesses who were willing to bet on me, willing for me to say, Hey, I know this platform. Um, You know your business. Let's see how we can work together to do this. Um, So a lot of it was trial and error, trial by fire and using Google University to to figure things out. Um, But I think that that you know, really is part of marketing and part of social media is really figuring it out for what will work for you mm-hmm. um, and testing things and trying them out and seeing if they will work for you. Um, at the end of the day, even if the most amazing business manager, business strategist in the world puts together a plan for you, even if you follow all of the steps in that plan, doesn't mean it will necessarily work for you and your business. Mm-hmm. So some of that is knowing and understanding how to test things and figure them out. So that's really what um, I leaned into in the those early days of kind of just figuring it out in social media. And um, the great news is I did have other experiences as well. So when I lived in the US in Atlanta, I worked uh, for, uh, I was a manager at a spa chain, like massages, facials, that sort of thing. And being the youngest person on the team, they just put me in charge of the social. Um, Standard. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you, you could do it. Um, And so that did give me some experience in that, that field as well. Okay. So when you first started out and when I first started out, obviously social media was very different to how it is today. And I remember right at the beginning doing lots of content where I reviewed the different platforms, told people why they should use them, what they're good for. And I haven't done that for ages. So where do you see social media today in terms of the platforms? Like, is there particular ones that you think avoid the ones that you think they're brilliant. What's kind of your thoughts on a a really brief overview of the, the platforms? Yes. So for if a new business is coming to me today and they're like, I want to start social media, where do I start? The two platforms that I generally recommend depending on their business is Instagram Mm -hmm. or LinkedIn. Now, Instagram, because there's a ton of people on the app, there's a ton of people using it. Um, and it's almost like six different platforms in one when you think about the feed versus yeah. stories versus Keep adding and adding and adding. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of opportunity for business owners on that platform. And I find when you compare it to some of the other platforms, part of the culture of the platform is engaging with other people as well. So as new business owners, it may feel a little bit more natural to find and engage with people who have never heard of your business before. I also love LinkedIn for that reason. 
tends to be more business to business. So if you sell products to other businesses or services to other businesses, that could be a really great platform for you. Also, because their, their platform does tend to be a little bit less used than the other platforms, there's no expectation of creating as much content on that platform. So I do find uh, a lot of business owners find that easier to but easier bite to, to, to take off. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm totally with you in that. If I say to someone, you got to be on LinkedIn and they log in and they go, I don't like it here. I yeah. don't like how it looks. I don't get it. Then I'm like, let's try something else. I'm not going to force you yeah. down this path. You kind of have to like it a little bit. And then secondary platforms that are working really well, depending on, again, your business and the kind of content you produce. Twitter works great for some of my clients who are in the activism space, um, people who you know have really powerful messages, um, even people who tend to be more conversation-based brands can work there, like podcasters work really well there. Um, and then if you produce a lot of video content, I'm going to put YouTube in that category, though it, it toes the line between yeah. search content and social content. Yeah. But a lot of businesses are finding some traction. There's some really good traction there. So if you produce video, that could work. Uh, and then I'll end with the two newer platforms, um, Clubhouse and TikTok that are popping up now. Um, if you've been in this game for a while and you're getting a little stagnant, then I would say maybe try one of the newer platforms, but only if you've been doing it for a while. Otherwise, it could be a rabbit hole. TikTok is great for discovery. Again, if you're doing video content, it's great. And because of the other platforms incorporating this short form style of content, you could repurpose it in other ways. Mm -hmm. So that could be interesting. Uh, and then Clubhouse for dynamic conversations. It, it has been a little hit or miss. Some of my clients are doing amazing and like going like a mini viral storm over there. But most of the people who are trying it right now are still figuring it out. Can I say that in a nice way? It's just yeah. not really taking off as well for the majority of the people who are trying to use that as a platform to grow their business. Yeah. I think you said something so important there in the fact of like, if you have already established some of the other platforms, then look at the new stuff. Because I think this is what happens where people see this, the all the platforms. And they're like, oh, I've got to be here and I've got to be there and I've got to be. And it's like, no, you know, let's get really good at doing one or two. And then if, you know, if it naturally leans that direction, then maybe go and do that. Okay. I've got to pick up on the fact and I'm kind of not surprised why you didn't say Facebook. So obviously Facebook, <laughs> Facebook yeah. was the one, it was the only one back in the day. It was the first to do, you know, sort of good advertising. I always felt sorry for Twitter because I love Twitter, but Twitter always came out with the stuff first and then Facebook went, oh, that's a good idea. We'll do it 10 times better and just completely <laughs> overtook them. So what are your thoughts on Facebook today? I have such a love-hate relationship with Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I think it is because I love it because it is where I got a lot of my start as a social media strategist. But if a new business or an emerging business is starting today, it is very challenging to use a platform without using paid advertising. And if you do have a budget, I think it's a fantastic way to get started. And I particular like personally don't teach a lot about paid advertising. I actually have someone on my team who's like, that's their whole job is to yeah. know this because it changes so much. 
but it is harder for a lot of small business owners to really tap into the beast that is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it. I personally love Facebook groups. Like if you can find a great group to get in and interact with and participate uh, for my programs, I host my groups on Facebook. Um, so I love it for that reason, but it's just not something I recommend for businesses if they're starting. If you can like cross post some content there, that's great. But otherwise I wouldn't worry too much about trying to grow it, you know, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I think the the reasons you picked out LinkedIn and Instagram and then Twitter are the reasons I love them. It's the interaction, it's the engagement, it's the outreach ability. And you just can't do that on Facebook. You just can't. To try and do anything proactively on that platform is really difficult. So for me, that's why it's kind of low in the in the scheme of things. And then, like you said, the reach is not great. And it just feels like tumbleweed a lot over there sometimes when you post. So I do exactly what you say. So this is kind of the next question I, I, I'd like to like discuss and think about is, so back in the day, well, this has gone through waves. Okay. So I want to see what, where we are on the wave now. Initially, it was like, great, all these platforms came out and then these schedulers came out and let's just check the same content at every single platform. And then, so that was fine. And then I remember the wave when I'm like, that isn't fine. It's lazy. And it's like, you know, you really do need to tailor your content to the audience because the audiences are different. And what if someone's following on all of them and they're just seeing the same thing? Then I'm back down to the, uh, put the same thing out in different places because where I am now, and I'm probably like you, different to lots of people, where we're probably on every single platform. I'm on pretty much every single platform because that's our job. That's part of what we do. We've got to know what's happening on them. But as time's gone on and I've almost stepped away more from just social media or just talking about the social media side and talking more generally about the marketing side, I am almost disengaging a bit more on some of the platforms that I don't like as much. And therefore, I feel like there's nothing wrong with me just having a presence of a post that's been somewhere else. So at the moment, the way we do my social media, the way we plan it out is Instagram is like the best, as in that's where you'll see me do the stories. That's where you'll see me post so often. That's where I'm really honest and authentic and open from a kind of story point of view. I love it. I've dabbled in like, I think I've done two reels. Okay. That is, I'm not there yet, but so that's number one. I am on, and and I do love Twitter. So I do go on Twitter and bursts of it occasionally, but I'm not consistent. I post consistently though, to Twitter, to LinkedIn and to Facebook, but all the same thing. So where are you on the posting the same thing, not posting the same thing scenario? Yes. And I remember the waves too. And I've, I've actually been pretty consistent on post the same thing to all of the, the platforms. So for me, when everyone was saying go different on all the channels, yeah. I felt like I was the only one who was like, no, keep it yeah. the same. <laughs> like the same, you, you know, customize it for the platforms, mm. right? Maybe yeah. the graphics a different size or, you know, tweet, you tweet, tweets are a little shorter. But, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So I've always been on that train. I I do find myself shifting a little bit lately um, and more so thinking in a broader context. So you mentioned things like 
not so focused on social media. Mm -hmm. So an example would be if I'm recording a podcast episode, I really start there and see how many times can I record that or repurpose that piece of content, right? So a podcast episode becomes a YouTube video, becomes several video clips for social media, becomes like I'm pulling quotes from the guests. Those are all social social posts. I'm posting them in as many places as possible. The the you know audio becomes a transcript. We turn it into a blog that also goes on LinkedIn and Medium. So it's it's I try to really maximize the content yeah. that I'm producing. Um, and I because social media moves so fast, I've actually found value in almost getting a little bored of my own message because I'm saying it so much. Yeah. And I like to think of it almost as like a commercial or, or a commercial jingle where, yeah. you know, you see this commercial on one channel and you change the channel and it's like, it's there on the other channel yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And that's a great way to look at it. Like we wouldn't get annoyed with, I mean, eventually you'd get a bit like, all right, I've seen that ad plenty of times, but it's repetition and it's just sticking it in your brain, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I do try to switch it up um, with the different imagery and perhaps different graphics, but the core messages, I have probably like five or six core messages that are really embedded in the things that I talk about and the things that I do. And I just repeat them as many times as possible. So I do end up kind of cross posting quite a bit. Um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram is my primary as well. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, but I'm also exploring um, things like I did a clubhouse series last week that mm-hmm. was essentially things that I talked about on the podcast already. And so it was kind of repurposing some of that content. Mm-hmm. And so trying trying to find ways to repurpose as much as possible because it moves so fast. And I do think you and I are a little bit of an anomaly in that most yeah. people are just on one platform. Yeah. And and like I said, I just think, and you, you can see the, the level of interaction not be as good when you don't put the effort in. And I think that's the thing. I do it. I do what I do with a full understanding of my expectations. So I am not disappointed in the slightest when I get tumbleweed over on Facebook, because all I'm doing, bar the occasional advertising that I do, but all I'm really doing is scheduling and posting content. It's not, you know, I'm really not kind of going for the interaction there. The same on LinkedIn, you know, some people will look at someone on LinkedIn and be like, wow, that's amazing. You know, look at how many, you know, how much interaction they're getting, but that is their main focus platform. We can't do it everywhere. So it's about trying to find that balance, isn't it? But I think now getting over the guilt or the the high maintenance-ness of I've got to be different everywhere really helps. So I'm I, I'm taking this conversation down a different path as we as we're talking, because I think some of this stuff's important because actually things have changed and moved. Right. So when we first started again, it was a conversation around how and when should I post, how often and when should I post. Okay. So to begin with, that was definitely, you know, a thing. And we talked about And of course, back in the beginning, it was like probably, I don't know, a handful of times a week, if that. And then it kind of started getting to a point where actually it doesn't matter when you post because everyone's on them all the time. And then it was more frequent and kind of coming up to every day, really consistent, showing your face constantly. If someone asked you that question today, how often and when would we post? What would you say to them? 
I've been really thinking about this a lot lately because I, I, so I've been studying TikTok and cause it's my job. Basically <laughs> there are a lot of TikTok experts who say you have to post five to seven times a day, a day, and like, a day. So just in case <laughs> you've, you know, been living under a social media rock and you don't know what TikTok is. It's videos. It's you creating some kind of video that what's an, a length of a TikTok. Is it like 15 seconds? Seven, yeah. Usually can so be up to 60 seconds is max. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound a lot. However, it actually is quite hard. You know, if you've done a reel, which I've only done two, so that shows you how much hard work it is. So like it takes a bit of work. So to do that many in one day is madness. Who on earth yeah. has got time for that? Yeah, it's it's impossible to keep up with. So I've, I've been thinking about this concept and I actually think people who use social media like this, create content, actually fall into two different categories. There's the category of the content creator who their their currency is attention. They're selling, you know, maybe they have like a brand partnership or something like that. And that's how they make their money. And then there's the business owner who their job is not creating content. They just happen to have to create content yeah. in order to market themselves on social media. So I think that five times a day may work for a content creator, but it's a totally different frequency for a business owner. And I actually think focusing on the quality of the content that you're producing is a much better play there. Um, but it does depend on the platform. Typically, uh, instead of giving a frequency, I've actually found it easier to give a time limit for business owners. So <laughs> let's say you decide you're going to spend an hour a week on social media content and you've picked your platform. Uh, when in the beginning, that one hour a week, you may only get one or two posts out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but that consistency is a lot like working out in the sense that you'll build up muscle, you'll build that skill and you'll be able to produce more content within that time constraint. Mm -hmm. And I find that thinking about it and framing it that way for business owners, especially makes it easier to commit to long-term because I don't know about you, but the thought of producing five videos in one day sounds exhausting. Uh, literally no way on this earth I could. Yeah. I can't, like, I don't even want to think about it today and then to wake up and do it the next day again. No. Um, so for me having that one hour a week time constraint works really well for a lot of business owners. Some of us spend a little bit longer, some, it may be shorter, but that's typically around the average I found. Um, and, and then that way you can commit to it. So let's say you decide on Instagram, you're going to spend an hour a week on this. The first time you do it, maybe you really only get one post done, but then the next week, maybe you get two and the week after that you get three and a lot of people are around five to seven posts in that time. And I'm talking about like this feed content yeah. that goes in your Instagram feed. Um, that tends to work for a lot of business owners. And so that's, that's what I typically recommend. I love that. I love the fact that you've completely turned it on its head and said, well, how long do you want to spend doing social media content? And you are right. By the time you when you get into the swing of things, when you realize it, and some weeks you're going to sit there and go, oh, I'm really struggling. And other weeks you're going to knock out five out the bag easily and it's going to be fine. But, and I think that will reflect in terms of what's going on, what you're talking about, what your audience is talking about. But I think you're right. I think, again, I've changed to the point where I'm like, if you can only do three really good posts a week, just do three good posts a week. Like if you are literally chucking out anything just to be showing up every day, then you've got to start thinking, is that really going to work? 
Okay. So I love that. Right. One thing I was going to say as well, that I'm just, it's, I've literally made a note as we were talking about uh, some another idea to do with this one idea I've already got. So I've got this idea about putting some content out there regarding um, what stage you should be at or what realistically you could manage at what stage. Because one of the problems, I'll explain myself a little bit better. One of the problems I think that people have is they see other people. So you know, they might look at the likes of you or me or other people that are really consistent on social media. Like, so let's go to the extreme. Let's take Gary V, who is on everything and consistently on everything, showing up all the time, doing all the stuff. Well, someone once told me he has like a content team of like 40 people. So do you know what? When you can bring in a team of 40 people, that is great. You are going to be able to do all the things. But when you're starting out and they're looking at someone like that, real extreme example, but someone like us, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're doing all of this. It's like, yeah, but our businesses are at different points. We're at different positions. We've done different things. So it's almost like giving people a really realistic view of what is realistic to them at that point. Because when they see the experts, we're already further on in terms of we might have a team, we might have all the tools, we might know all the stuff, you know, and therefore, and we've been creating content for longer. So it's easier, we're producing more. And yet they're looking at us thinking, how can I not get a post out every single day and every, so I feel like, you know, I've really gone around the house is what I'm trying to say, but in terms of like the realism and being really realistic, because I remember when I first started, like, there's no way I was consistent on anything or post or thought strategically about what I was posting. Did you, I, you know, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Honestly, this is the biggest challenge, even just in online businesses. Mm -hmm. I feel like because of the way that we show up online and the people we look to and admire and people like Gary Vee seem to have it all together and they're everywhere producing all of this content, we start, it's so easy to compare ourselves. Yeah. Um, And I like to think of this as um, I watched this documentary on Netflix about people who do CrossFit. And I was sitting there like eating my snack, just like gorging out on the couch, watching these watching crossfitters going, man. Yeah. That's like my ex is like. And I, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah the, the games or whatever. And I think it's sometimes like that where we look at people and we're like, look at all those muscles that let me start tomorrow. And then we get disappointed yeah. that we don't have muscles on muscles. And that took years of hard work for those people to get there. And so I think it is that comparison game of we need to put our put on our blinders mm-hmm. and focus on where we are and improve ourselves. Um, and my coach calls this improving yourself just by 1% each yeah. day. So if you can improve yourself by 1% to infinity, you mm-hmm. will get better, but just on your own timeline and not comparing yourself to someone else but it's like social media just makes it so much easier to do that it does and but when i think about my own journey of social media like starting out using different platforms in different ways putting out the most random of content really ugly stuff like that just didn't look great then then i kind of got into a point where i was starting to use a strategy then i got to a point where i was really using schedulers and getting really consistent and now we're at a point where we've just done, we've started another way of doing social media where I do it with one of my team members. I've always done my own stuff. 
And now as a team, we're working together and we're thinking of concepts each week. And then I'm writing sort of email posts that then we're taking chunks from those email posts and creating our social media out of it, but being really strategic about, okay, this week we're going to focus on the subject of lead magnets or uh, TikTok or whatever, and we're going to explore the subject. So again, it's not just a shouting at the world thing. It's a, hey, so who is using TikTok? What are your thoughts on TikTok? What are your, and it's trying to get that interaction as well as then going, well, if you're interested, here's a couple of things you can do to get started. So, but it's only now, like years down the line and team size and income increasing, that I can do that. But the problem is someone might look at me and go, oh my goodness, I can't do that. And it's like, no, you can't. And neither should you, because that's not what I did at the beginning, but you're just seeing me at the wrong time. So, so yeah, I love, you know, I, I'm really interested in the fact of, what their expectations are of themselves, really. So one of the things that this leads to is huge overwhelm. So how do we, I mean, you gave a great tip in terms of choose an hour or a time frame and then be be done with that. But how do they just get over that? Not how do they just get over it, if only it's that simple. How do they start to get over the overwhelm, not only with the posting side, but from the engagement and the notifications and the all that sort of side? Yeah. I I find that this overwhelm feeling comes from lack of clarity around how social media actually helps our business. And so what happens is we feel like we should be doing all of these things because someone told us to, or that's just the the normal way of doing things, quote unquote. Uh, But we don't actually know the difference that being on social media is going to make to our business. Mm -hmm. And so I think it really starts there. When I actually created a meditation around this, it's a free, I put it on a podcast. So it's called Social Media Unwind, a free podcasting app anywhere you want to listen to it. And it walks you through helping you understand your personal relationship with social media. And a lot of us actually have a very like almost toxic situationship kind of thing going on where we we don't really like it, but we feel like we have to be here. And, you know, maybe we deleted Instagram last year, but we're giving it another shot this year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so it's yeah. almost like <laughs> this this like weird relationship where we're not clearly defined. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it really starts there. It's like, okay, I want social media to be in my life personally and in my business in this way. And this is what my expectations are for this thing. And so I think once we start outlining that, then making other decisions about social media can come a little bit easier. And it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, It is a process. Uh, But I do think it's very important to like laying the foundation and it kind of relieves the burden off of, you know, do I have to be on all of these places? So once you understand that, it is setting out um, guidelines for yourself. And I used to think I was this free spirit in that I would just like wake up and post what I wanted to that day. Um, and for a lot of us, yeah, for a lot of us, it's almost like um, if you've never painted before, just like getting a canvas and going, I'm just going to paint whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, again, no one would expect that, would they? No one would expect not to need some rules or not to need some guidance or support. Yet, like you said, people get straight on social media and just go, okay, then let's do this. But I'm a big fan of like, what are some of the 
the strategies or rules that you would put in. So for instance, one of mine is that if let's say I'm just going to pick one thing. So Instagram, you're trying to grow your following or your engagement. And therefore you might pick a hashtag that is something your customers might use. You might then every morning go in for 10 minutes, no more, set your timer, search on that hashtag, comment on some pictures, like some stuff, interact with people genuinely, not just like randomly, um, but interact with people who are obviously in your space. But for 10 minutes, and once 10 minutes is over, get out, done. So what sort of things would you say in terms of that? Yeah, I mean, we're like twins because that's exactly (laughs) what I would suggest. I like to use a project management tool. So I use Asana. Yeah. And I will assign myself a task that's like check Instagram, check Facebook, whatever it is. And then I do, I use toggle for time tracking. Um, And so I'll set my toggle and I usually spend about 15, 20 minutes on engaging intentionally on the platform. And one of my favorite ways to do this right now is to go to someone in my niche who is more well-established, maybe farther along in their journey, go to their latest post and see who's liking and commenting on that post. Mm -hmm. And those are typically really good people. So right now, for instance, I am really liking Pat Flynn's content. Um, He's really all about community and collaboration. And I feel like his people would be my people. So I'm going into this latest post and just kind of checking them out and following some people and liking and commenting on their content. And by giving myself that time limit, it really helps make it more sustainable to do this on a daily, like as a daily habit. Mm. Um, so I really like that as well. Yeah. And that's perfect. You know, I think being that structured about it, and sometimes that can feel almost like counterintuitive as in, like you said, you know, you envisage that you're one of these people that really naturally would just get up and I'm just going to post how I feel today and talk about something. But if we're not strategic about it, that's when we get into that overwhelm because we're like, oh, I haven't done that for ages. Oh, I haven't spoken about that for ages. Oh, I didn't, you know, I should be following more people. Or I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Whereas literally, and I am such a fan of a process. Give me a process or a spreadsheet or a checklist. I am like just so happy. So literally that's what we did, especially when we managed social media for clients. We had this spreadsheet that said, okay, once a month, you know, it goes in the diary, you go and change the cover photo or check the bio or whatever. And then you don't need to be overwhelmed and think I've got a million things to do on social media. It's just a case of, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do that thing and I'm going to come out again. So how do you How do you personally, when I know when I do my personal stuff, as in when I scroll, when do you do that? Yeah. So I try to do it first thing because I tend to have a lot of meetings all day and I do check in throughout the day. Like I like social media, so I am on it more than that. But my like intentional audience growth strategies happen in the day. And then I also try to pair them with other habits. So I post to my Instagram stories typically first thing as well, just to get something out. And then I've, like I said, I've been exploring TikToks. I've been posting my TikTok videos in the during that time as well. And then the rest of my day can happen and you know, it is what it is. Uh, but then at night, I also do like my own personal, like I'm looking at cute dogs kind of stuff. Like just, yeah, yeah. just like you know. entertaining myself. Yeah. <laughs> 
And do you know what? That's exactly the same. So in the morning, I will often, uh, once I've done my morning routine, I will then go in and check each social platform. And I tend to do it organically in the platform rather than, I, I use Agora Pulse and it's great. You can do all the interaction there, but I just much prefer to do it on the platform itself. So I'll do that then. And then I'll have a look at the kind of, I'll scroll through through your feed. I'll have like some stories and then exactly the same. It sits on my desk pretty much all day. If I've gone and specifically posted something like today, uh, it's my birthday tomorrow. So uh, because I have a membership and I adore my members, they have been invited to uh, my online birthday party, which is the second online birthday party I've had given I know I've been in two birthday lockdowns. But so obviously because I posted I was getting a lot of interaction on the post so I did go and check that on my desktop but normally it sits on my desk turned over I don't look at it I will take my phone downstairs when I go for lunch I'll have a look again interact with some stuff but I think you have got to be and this is only through years well, of wasting <laughs> dogs I've got dogs honestly they and they scare me to death like when they bark I literally jump out my skin I can't bear it yeah, um, too. <laughs> bless them it's like always the worst time isn't it I did once have a podcast episode where my dogs barked incessantly throughout the entire episode and I didn't know the people as in I didn't personally know them so and it was still really early on in me interviewing so I wasn't like in a position where I could go oh, I'm so sorry can I just shut my dog off um so anyway my podcast editor that he earned his money seriously and his yeah. money that day because <laughs> he was like <laughs> trying to get all these dog barkers out. I was like, please. Like. But yeah. So, you know, so I'm, I've wasted a lot of time on social media and I think it's only through doing that that I then thought I can't, I can't run a business. This isn't earning me any money. This isn't, you know, there's an amazing book called, I always say this and I've never even read it, but I know the premise. Uh, Will it make the boat go faster? And it's about the British boating Olympic team, I think. And basically everything they ever did, they had to ask themselves, will this make the boat go faster? And if it didn't, they didn't do it. So for me, I kind of just look at that from a, you know, is me scrolling, liking pictures randomly doing anything for me and my business right now? Not necessarily. So either can I do something strategic or can I just put the phone down and get back on with work, which probably will yeah. earn some money. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So tell me, I was just, go on, sorry. No, go on. I was just going to add to that and say, I went through the same thing. And in, in, uh, 2017, so I'd been doing the business for uh, uh, three years at that point, I was actually having panic attacks from notifications because my phone was like making noise and vibrating all day long. And so I actually turned off all my notifications for that reason, because it it does get the the overwhelming feeling gets amplified by task switching like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that. Will it make the boat go faster? Such a great question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm interested to hear like how you're finding TikTok and Reels and how that's working for you and what you're doing on that front. So just because it's still so new and wondering whether someone listening to this should take the time and effort to to go and explore that. Yeah, it is very new. And so that's my biggest hesitation is if you are not a marketer or a content creator, Mm. let the marketers and content creators like make all of the mistakes first and figure it out. Uh, Because it's a huge time commitment. For Reels, I am finding it interesting in the sense that it is on the Instagram platform. So we don't have to go to another app. 
-hmm. It's obviously in competition with TikTok. It does not have as many editing features as TikTok, but it is starting to pick up and there is a potential for discoverability. So because it is one of Instagram's newest features, they're kind of pushing it out a lot more. It's on the discover page. Um, It has its own button at the bottom now. And when you start watching reels, the whole point is that you keep scrolling and you find new people. Mm-hmm. So ideally, you could get in front of new audiences quite easily if you create content for reels that people stumble upon or discover. In reality, it's not working out as well as it should. They still have a ton of bugs to work out. It is super glitchy to edit anything on the app. It's frustrating to use. So a lot of people are kind of abandoning it because it's not as user-friendly as TikTok. Okay. So... But what's interesting is they haven't they changed the rules or said that your reach isn't as good if you're sharing a TikTok on Reels? Yes, they are saying that as well. Their algorithm is picking up on the uh, basically basically if you upload a video that's not using the in-app editing features, they will reduce the reach, um, and they also are looking for the the little stamp that mm-hmm. shows that it's from TikTok. However. If it's a great video and it keeps people on the app, they're still going, to, it's still going to get a ton of views. Yeah, you're um, right. With one of my, yeah, with one of my clients, they, I, they actually hired someone to create TikTok videos for their, their content um, production company. And so they have this person specifically making TikTok videos that are doing very well. So we're just taking those and posting them on Instagram and they're still doing well, obviously not as well as TikTok, but they're still doing well because it's a high production quality behind the content that they're creating specifically in this vein. Yeah. So I think it can work now with TikTok. I'm actually obsessed with this app. At first, I didn't like it because when you first turn it on, it's quite aggressive. It just starts playing something. Yeah, which... yeah. And, and stuff that you don't want to see because it doesn't know yeah. what you like at that point. Right. It hasn't learned you yet. But their algorithm is one of the best that I've seen yet when it comes to social media content. Okay. They, I, they can really learn your preferences, likes, and what videos you want to see and serve them up to you. So people you've never heard of before, sending you delightful content that, that you want to see. It takes a couple days to get to that point. So I did have to kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like this <laughs> at first. But now it's it's uh, been an amazing way to kind of consume content. And because their algorithm is so specific, it's actually showing you mostly people that you do not follow. So most of the feed that you see is people you don't follow. And so the potential for discoverability then is multiplied beyond what any other social media platform is doing right now, uh, maybe outside of something like YouTube maybe is, is in a similar vein, but it's, it's basically delivering you all of this content. So if you have something that is interesting, it will go to the algorithm and the algorithm to me feels a lot pure, purer than some of the other algorithms in the sense that it really is based on the collective groups experience of what makes good content. So I think it's going to be a lot harder for marketers to game the system, so to speak, yeah. because if people don't like it, they don't want to see it. Yeah, no, I love that. that and, and that was interesting. I've never heard that take and about the algorithm. I do know that uh, like you, I went on and I was like, Ooh, there's half an hour and I'm done. Thank you very much. I don't want to see anymore because <laughs> it was just like awful content that made my skin crawl because it was just like, I don't know, stuff that I really wasn't into. 
but you're right I didn't give it long enough it was you know it was a really short amount of time but I have heard that once you kind of get over that because I was talking to someone and said oh I can't I can't do it I hate the dancing and um and they were like oh I don't see any dancing and and obviously because they've trained their their TikTok to show them stuff how about converting though like how how are we at yet because that's the key thing isn't it like I saw a perfect example of kind of not what to do on something a while back where this one person was like, oh my God, I've just got all these views on my TikTok. It's gone crazy. And she was being hailed as like this amazing TikTok person. And oh my goodness, look at that. Because the views were like, they were crazy. If they'd been on Facebook, you'd have like literally fell off your chair. But anyway, eventually someone said, what was the video you uploaded? It was nothing to do with her industry. It was just some viral video. And it's like, well, how, how has that helped you? Like that is nothing to do with you. It's not even you in the video. You've just shared another video and it just happens to be picked up. So how are we feeling about the possibility to make money out of this or the possibility to grow our businesses? Yeah. It, to me, it seems like there are two people making money off of TikTok. And the first one is people teaching people how to make money off of TikTok. Yeah. Feels a little weird to me. I do think it's hard, uh, but I am seeing a lot of product companies do very well on the platform. There are quite a few products that are exploding because TikTokers are basically getting into them. And one of them is these yoga pants that really make your bum look nice. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. (laughs) It's like a whole, like they're just exploding and it's becoming popular because of TikTok. The second one is a foundation that's really full coverage. So a lot of makeup artists are using it and it's like these reaction videos and that particular product is going mini viral on TikTok. Outside of that, I have not seen a lot of people make money directly from the platform. There are some influencers who are doing brand collaborations and making money that way, but I have not yet nailed it down yet, which is why I do recommend as a business owner, if you don't want to worry about it, don't worry Mm -hmm. about it. I think there's, there's so much other, like so many other ways you can still call in your people and nurture them and actually make money in your business rather than making, making videos on TikTok. Yeah, you're so right. And I think I had this exact thought when I was looking at Clubhouse, because the minute Clubhouse came out, first off, the way they launched and with the invite-only system, that was really good. Like, very smart Clubhouse. Well done, because everyone's like, oh, I need an invite to this thing, FOMO. But there are certain things about the platform that just doesn't work for me. Like, I've only been on it, I've done two Clubhouses where I've spoken with other people and they've invited me into theirs rather than, or they've asked me to do it with them rather than me going, okay, I'm going to do a clubhouse. I love the talking aspect, obviously, because I have a podcast and I really like talking. And I also like the, the interaction potential from a getting people on stage as it were, the the hypothetical stage, getting them on, hearing what they've got to say about a subject and hearing their opinion and that sort of thing. However, one thing I really struggled with was like at at the end, and this was fairly early doors when when I first got on, like at the end of the, the clubhouse, it was like, so did you like it? Or is this good? Is it helpful? Is it because there's no interaction because they can't. So that really bothered me because it's like, how do you know? I guess you can see by your numbers of views and things. But that was like, yeah, I'm I'm struggling with that a bit. So, of course, then what happened and what, excuse me, what is happening an awful lot is 
everyone's screenshotting Clubhouse and putting it over on Instagram, which is just like, (laughs) okay, that's cool. But, you know, so I have to say I haven't been on for ages and I haven't really done a lot over there. It's not to say I won't. I'm just not entirely sure, you know, that it's that it's for me. Yeah. You know, I Clubhouse, I actually don't particularly like, mm-hmm. um, but I did. I'm creating content there. And again, it's part of my job. So I do feel like I need to figure it out. But I I found the same thing. It's, I, you know, podcasting is talking into the void a little bit, but yeah. at least you don't have people listening actively. No, I guess that's, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> It did feel kind of odd where you were kind of like, are, is this resonating with people? Are we saying the right things? Can you yeah. hear me? You know, like it, it, it did feel a little bit awkward in that sense. And then I don't like how temporary it is. So I know a lot of people love that you have to show up live, yeah. but I am a huge fan of recording this content. People can revisit it later. And so once the session is done, it's over, it's done. You're never going to see it again. Mm-hmm. I'm, don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I agree with that bit in terms of I'm not sure that that I like the fact that you can't go back and listen or you can't that you get a one shot only. You know, because and I think they're probably doing it as a a FOMO thing again. That you know, oh my goodness, everyone's got to get on because this conversation's happening. But that just doesn't suit people when they've got lives and businesses and various other things to do and manage. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm my, the jury is still very much out on Clubhouse. So to finish off, if you had to, so putting the platforms aside, so not picking a platform, but picking a kind of trend or a, a content medium or a something on social media, like what, what would you suggest we do like what is really working at the moment if you can get up your video skills like if you can improve your video skills Mm -hmm. i think that that will take you to any platform because video is still and i think will continue to be a really powerful way to connect with people um so whether it's you as the business owner or someone on your team if they're available or there are other ways to create video it doesn't have to be you on the camera, you can get creative with it. But video, I think, is just going to be so powerful going into the upcoming future digital marketing, social media, etc. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And would you class live video in that as well, as in just all video? Yeah, definitely live video goes into that bucket as well. And I think it may be easier for some people. I personally like live video because there's oh, a lot more forgiveness. <laughs> Yeah. And also if I've ever had to, and I've only had to start a couple of times record videos for YouTube, knowing that they're going to be edited and things are going to be put in, honestly, it takes me ages and I'm rubbish. So I would much rather go live and be so authentic and honest and, you know, just real and be okay with that than actually try and, you know, do a pre-recorded thing where everything's got to be perfect or it has to look more polished and finished. So, so absolutely. And you've picked the one thing that I just don't do. You know that don't, I don't do hardly any videos. Instagram Uh-oh. story, I'm all over it. Videos, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So Andrea, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to chat with you. So nice to talk social media and to find someone else as a kindred spirit with some of the stuff that we've gone through and what we agree on. And it's been really good fun. So 
how can my audience uh, find you? I'll obviously put everything in the show notes, but if you can just, you know, what's your favorite platform? Where are you at? Well, I know what your favorite platform is, but just remind us. Yes. Instagram at onlinedrea on Instagram. I'm that's my favorite platform. Send me a voice message. I love those. Mm. I would love to hear from you if you're listening to this. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. Okay. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really did. I love chatting about it. And actually what I probably need to do is come back and have some conversations about some of the specific social media platforms. Again, I think it's probably about time. Okay. I will leave you to it until next week. Next week, I'm back with a solo episode. Also, don't forget to listen next week because I'm going to give you that link to the new boot camp that I'm running, which is going to be awesome. A whole week's worth of me and workshops and Q&As and lots of exciting things. So keep an eye out for that next week. You should hear about it then. All right. I will see you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 